Well, thank you very much uh, for that, Faith. That was beautifully read. So uh, it is lovely to be here this morning. I think the children did fantastically. I really enjoyed that. And uh, we are going to look at this story Faith has just read for us about Zacchaeus. But before we do that, uh, we're going to do a little guessing game, okay? So... I'm going to show you guys some pictures. This is for the Sunday school folks, okay? And the adults, pay attention in case uh, you need to join in. But I'm going to show you some pictures, but these pictures are going to look a wee bit strange because they're really, really close-up pictures, okay? They're really zoomed in, and you have to guess what they might be. So we'll we'll do, I think, a simple one to start with. So anyone, any ideas? Any of the younger ones? Yes? A zebra! Brilliant, well done. They make them smart and correct. That is right. A zebra, brilliant. So you get the idea of the game? Yeah? Okay, so this next one, any ideas what that might be? Yes. Chocolate. I got that one very quickly. Yes, that is right. Lovely chocolate bar. And the next one, a wee bit trickier. Oh, there was someone straight up, yes? A Lego man. <gasps> a Lego mini. Do you like Lego? Yeah, I love, I love. You never grow out of Lego. I love Lego. So that's a wee minifigure. Okay, the next one, a wee bit trickier. Any ideas what that might be? That's a really close-up picture. Yes? Nope, it's not cheese. Yes, Fraser? What, sorry? Orange? No, it's not an orange. Oh. Yes? Yes, well done. That was a very tricky one, I think. Okay. This time? Yes? Cheese, this time we're right. You just keep saying cheese nine times out of ten. If I'm involved, cheese will be the answer. Okay. That's right. So it was cheese. A wee bit trickier. This one, any guesses for this one? A lamp or a light bulb? Brilliant! I thought that one was really difficult. Okay, this is the last one. This is very tricky, I think. Yes? The sun? No, not the sun. Remember, it zoomed way, way in. Yes? Do you have any idea? Yes? Not an orange. It is orange in color. Any other ideas? Not a peach. Not a flower. Any of the adults got an idea? Ah, carrot. Well done. We had to get an adult to step in for that. That one is a carrot. And you know, sometimes, just like in that game, we need to look at things from a different perspective, in a different way, to see them for what they really are. And we're going to look at this story of Zacchaeus that Faith read for us to see what it tells us about who Jesus really is. So I'm going to put the pictures on the screen so you can follow the story a wee bit better. But it begins with Jesus and his disciples, and they're traveling to a place called Jerusalem. And on the way to Jerusalem, they pass through this city of Jericho, which is where our story took place and where Zacchaeus lived. And a massive crowd had gathered by the side of the road, hoping to see Jesus, because they'd heard about him. They'd heard that he'd been traveling around, and he was preaching, and he was teaching, and he was performing miracles, and he was healing people, and they wanted to come and see him. It was almost like having a celebrity coming to visit their town. Can anyone here name a celebrity they would love to meet? Yes. You would love to meet Donald Trump. I'm starting to get a picture of the kind of person you are. (laughs) So you like Lego and Donald Trump. So you like people with uh, strange colored faces. I understand now. Right. So 
Yes, but a celebrity like Donald Trump, or maybe a singer, maybe Zach. I think Zach's going to be a future singer. <laughs> that was amazing. And also, Zach gave us, just for everyone here, the ultimate example of immediate repentance. Sorry! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> So you think of a celebrity that you would love to see, or maybe someone like the Queen. You imagine they were coming to Carrickfergus. People would line the streets, sometimes for hours beforehand. Sometimes people even camp out. They get a sleeping bag, and they sleep out all night, hoping to get the best spot to see a celebrity. Well, this is what it was like for Jesus. Jesus was coming this way, and people were crowding the streets, desperate to see him. And it'd be very difficult, wouldn't it, to get to the front of that crowd unless you were one of the first there. So just like everyone else, Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, and he wanted to see him. Now, the story Faith read doesn't tell us why he wanted to see him. It just tells us he wanted to see him. And we're not told why, really. And we don't ever really find out why. We are told, however, that Zacchaeus was very rich. So he would have worn really fancy clothes. He would maybe have a nice big robe, sort of like a cape that he would have swooshed about in, or maybe had jewelry and gold and rings all over him because he had so much money. And there's nothing bad about having money, I would imagine. I don't know. There's nothing bad about having money. But there was something bad in the way Zacchaeus made his money. See, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And he used this position to steal from people. The Romans were in charge, and the Romans were the enemies of the Jews, and the Romans made the Jews pay taxes, which was basically just pay them money. And they would employ Jewish people, just like Zacchaeus, to collect this money. The problem was these tax collectors were a bit corrupt, which means they took more money than they were supposed to. So if you imagine the Romans said, Zacchaeus, every person has to give five pounds. Well, the tax collector like Zacchaeus would knock on their door and say, you owe the Romans seven pounds. And he would take the five for the Romans and he would keep the extra two for himself. That wasn't very nice, was it, to steal from the people? So people like tax collectors, you can imagine they weren't liked very much, were they? Because they were Jewish people employed by the Romans, the enemies of the Jews, to take money from the Jewish people. So the Jewish people in Jericho really didn't like Zacchaeus. And especially because we're told he was the chief tax collector. He was above all the mothers, so they probably hated him most of all. So Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but we're told that he was short, so he wasn't able to see in front of all the people. And he had an idea. He wanted to see Jesus, the crowds in his way, and he saw this tree, a fig sycamore tree, and he thought to himself, if I climb that tree, I'll get a really clear view of the road. I'll be able to see Jesus. So Zacchaeus climbed the tree, got himself, I don't know if you can get yourself comfy in a tree, but got himself as comfortable as he could in this tree and waited to see Jesus come past. Now you can picture the scene, can't you? You can imagine he was up the tree and then suddenly heard murmuring as people down below got a bit excited and Jesus started to come through the crowd and he was being followed by his disciples and they were pretty famous too because they had followed Jesus while he did all these amazing things. And Zacchaeus was there up the tree the best view in the whole place and he watched on as people below gathered around Jesus maybe trying to get close to him maybe even touch him or even get to speak with him 
But then something amazing happened. Jesus is walking in the street below and he suddenly just stops. And he looks up directly at Zacchaeus sitting in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must visit your house today. And Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but I'm sure he never imagined for one second that Jesus would see him. And he did. And even more amazingly, the thing we sometimes miss when we read this story for the first time, what does he say? He doesn't say, hey you, or you in the tree. He says, Zacchaeus. He knew him by his very name, even though he'd never met him. And do you know what the name Zacchaeus means? It means pure or innocent. Zacchaeus didn't really live up to his name, did he? He wasn't really pure or innocent, was he? So imagine how Zacchaeus must have felt when Jesus stopped. This person, everyone was there to see, singled him out and invited himself into his home. Maybe he felt a wee bit proud and thought, this will show everyone else who hates me that Jesus chose me of everyone there. Or maybe he was a wee bit worried. He thought, well, Jesus knows my name. What else does he know about me? Does he know that I steal from the poor? Because Jesus had been going around preaching that God loved the poor. So what would he think of someone who stole from them? I wonder what was going through Zacchaeus' mind. Well, we're told, aren't we, Faith said, he came down the tree immediately and welcomed Jesus gladly. Now, teachers like Jesus would usually avoid people like tax collectors because they'd such a bad reputation, they didn't want to be associated with them. So Zacchaeus was amazed. But do you know who else was amazed? The crowd watching, all the other people there watching this happen, they were amazed of all the people Jesus could have chose to go to their home. He chose Zacchaeus, the home of a thief. And the people grumbled and the people complained and the people murmured. And he said, this man has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Why not visit the home of a good person? And I'm sure there were plenty of good people in that crowd. Why not visit one of us, someone on us, someone who helps others? Why go to the house of a thief? So the Bible doesn't tell us what was said in the conversation between Jesus and Zacchaeus. But we do know that Zacchaeus was completely changed by this conversation, don't we? He realized that what he had been doing was wrong. So he said sorry to Jesus. He asked for forgiveness. And he promised to pay back four times the amount stolen. So if we take our example of earlier, he took two pounds from every person. He was then paying them eight pounds back. And not just once, for every time he had stolen. For every person. And that would have been the law. If someone was caught stealing in Roman law, they were made to pay back four times. So he was doing what the law made him do. But that wasn't enough for Zacchaeus. He also wanted to give half of his money to the poor. He didn't have to do that. He wasn't told to do that. Jesus didn't tell him, you have to also do this. He wanted to do that because he had changed so much. And that probably cost him a lot of money, but Zacchaeus didn't care. He had found something far more valuable than money. He had found the forgiveness of Jesus. And Zacchaeus was completely transformed by meeting Jesus. He became a whole new person. 
And Jesus was so pleased that Zacchaeus had changed, he told him that God forgave him and welcomed him into his kingdom. And by forgiving Zacchaeus, Jesus made it really clear to everyone else there that he didn't just come to save good people. He would save anyone who asked for forgiveness. And Jesus, remember, had shocked the crowd by visiting with Zacchaeus. And he didn't just say, I'd like to visit your house, or would it be okay if I came to your house? He said, I must visit your house. I must stay with you. Really? Zacchaeus? The guy that no one likes? But Jesus wasn't worried about being popular. And he didn't care what other people thought of Zacchaeus, of who he was or what he had done. That was all in the past. Jesus didn't care about that. He knew that anyone could change. Even a greedy, hated thief like Zacchaeus. Jesus forgives anyone who asks for forgiveness. Isn't that an amazing story? Just 10 short verses, but what an amazing story. And what an amazing change we saw in Zacchaeus. From who he was at the beginning of that story to who he was at the end. And at the beginning of that story, that change didn't seem very likely, did it? He was a thief. He was hated by other people. Because Zacchaeus had lots of obstacles in his way. And lots of obstacles getting in the way of him seeing Jesus for who he really was. He wanted to see Jesus. But he maybe didn't know who Jesus really was. And he had to meet him and ask for forgiveness. And he saw who Jesus really was. And these obstacles, well, being short, we're told that was one of his obstacles. That was the least of Zacchaeus' problems, wasn't it? He was selfish. He was greedy. He was a thief. No one liked him. But none of those obstacles even were Zacchaeus' biggest problem. Because Zacchaeus was a small man, but he had a very big problem. Does anyone know what the problem was Zacchaeus had? What do you think? Yes. Sin, that is absolutely right. We have the exact same problem as Zacchaeus has. Zacchaeus had that problem of sin. All these years later, everyone sitting here has the same problem, the problem of sin. And sin is just doing our things our way instead of the way God wants us to do them. And any time we disobey our parents or we're maybe rude to someone or we tell a lie or we cheat or we steal or we're selfish or we're greedy, that's sin. And the problem with sin, the big problem with sin, is that it separates us from God. And God loves us. Remember that God made us. God wants to share his love with us. And in the beginning, when God first made the world, and he made Adam and Eve, they had pure hearts. They had a close friendship, a close relationship with God. But the Bible tells us how sin came into the world. Because, and I'm sure you've learned all this in Sunday school, so I won't tell you it all again, but because Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, do you remember? They took the fruit off the tree where they were told not to, the one thing you can't do, and what did they do? They did it. They disobeyed him. And by doing that, they were rejecting 
God's love. And every person since way back then has been born with this sin in our hearts. And that means that people do whatever they want to do, no matter what God says. And all these bad things, whether it's lying or or cheating or being unkind, all of these things are called sin. And they stick to us. They stick to us and make our hearts unclean. And that makes God very sad because his heart is still pure. His heart is still clean and perfect. But ours have been made all dirty with sin, so we can't have that relationship with him. So sin comes between us and God. It pushes him away. It creates this big gap. And that means that we're over here and God's here and we can't be together, which is a really big problem because sin leads to death. And I don't just mean death here on earth. We'll all die on earth. I don't mean that. It means death even after we die. We're still separated from God forever. And people sometimes think, I can solve that problem myself. I'll make the effort. I'll get closer to God. I'll be able to bridge this gap. Now, how will I do that? Well, I'll be really, really good. But you know what? That doesn't fix the problem. Because although it's good to do good things, the sin is still stuck to us. It doesn't get rid of it. And I was thinking, well, what's it like? And I was thinking, I used to have a favorite teddy bear when I was younger. And that teddy bear went everywhere with me. Does anyone else here have a favorite teddy bear or a doll they take everywhere? Yeah. I saw a wee Peppa Pig up there earlier on, up at the front with you. It was great to see Peppa taking part in the service as well. Well, I saw that. And sometimes when you have a favorite teddy, you take it everywhere. And maybe you're eating your dinner and you're cuddling and it gets a wee bit of sauce stuck on. Maybe you're eating chocolate and you got a wee bit of chocolate on them. And sometimes you go out and play outside or you have wee tea parties. Maybe sometimes I used to bury them and bring them back up again. Hide them and then go and find, could I find them? And then panic when I couldn't. And then it was covered in dirt. But, you know, if we did that and then we looked at our teddy and we went, oh, this teddy is filthy. Look how dirty it is. I'm going to make sure this teddy doesn't get any dirtier. I'm not going to bury him anymore. I'm going to set him down when I'm eating the food. I'm not going to get any tomato sauce on him. I'm not going to get any chocolate on him anymore. He's not going to get any dirtier. Well, that's okay. But it doesn't make him any cleaner. He's still dirty. And that's like us. We can say, well, I'm going to be good. I'm going to do really, really good things, really brilliant things. And that means I won't get my heart any dirtier. And then God, I can be close to God. But God looks at us and says, yeah, but your heart is still dirty. You need to have that heart cleaned. So we can't fix it by ourselves. And even sometimes people think, I'll go to church a lot. I'll get involved in things in church. I'll work really hard in church. That'll do it because that's God's house. And it's great to go to church. It's fantastic to go. And I love coming and seeing the children taking part. It's brilliant. It really really is a blessing to me to see the children taking part. But that's not enough. Even going to church isn't enough. That gap is still there. Because none of us can do anything to find our way back to God. We can't earn forgiveness. We were singing about it earlier on. There's nothing we can do to earn forgiveness. And like Zacchaeus, we just can't overcome that problem of sin by ourselves. There's only one way for us to be with God in a close friendship, a close relationship. Someone had to pay for our sin. Just like if we have that teddy bear, 
If you want to get it clean, it needs to be washed. So who can help us overcome sin? Who is the one person who can bridge this gap? What are we told in Sunday school? Who can bridge that gap between us and God? Yes. Jesus, that is right. He's the only person. And the reason he can bridge that gap is because he never, ever sinned. He wasn't born with sin in his heart. He's the only one who hasn't been born with sin in his heart. And he never made it dirty by sinning. So that meant he could take all the sin that we had stuck to us. And when he went to the cross, he carried it with him. And when he was nailed to the cross, all that sin we had was nailed to the cross as well. And the blood that came from Jesus washed away all those sins. And that cleaned our hearts. And Jesus died for us so that our sins could die too. But the really good news is when Jesus rose back to earth on Easter Sunday, Sunday, he showed us that we could have new life too. Jesus gives us clean, pure hearts, but only if we trust him. And the cross where Jesus died is like a bridge. We can walk across it to be close to God because now it's like back in the beginning with Adam and Eve, we've got clean, pure hearts too, so we can be with God and his clean, pure heart. And that's easy to remember. The cross lets us cross over to be with God. And by dying on the cross for our sin, Jesus made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. And by trusting Jesus and asking for forgiveness, we can be made pure and clean and bright and shiny new in Jesus and God's eyes. And that doesn't mean we never sin. We'll still sin. We'll still do bad things. But the amazing thing is, now we can ask for forgiveness for those sins. We can say, I'm sorry for that sin. And God is our Heavenly Father. That's what we're told. He is our Heavenly Father. And just like your mommy or your daddy, he loves you. And he only wants what's best for you. So even when we misbehave, we can act, we saw it earlier, even if we do something and we think, oh, I'm in trouble, you can quickly say, I'm sorry. And what happens? The parents forgive us because they love us just like God. But we have to ask, don't we? And when we do that, Jesus washes away all that sin and that makes our hearts clean again. So it's really important to look closely and see Jesus for who he really is. He isn't just a character from a made-up story like the ones I make. He's real. Every single word in the Bible is true. This story is true. Jesus really lived. He really died. He really rose again. He is really alive today. And he can really save us. Zacchaeus discovered that Jesus was far more than just a preacher or a teacher or a healer or a miracle worker. He was his saviour. And I was saying to Susan earlier on, that means he can save us. He's the only one who can save us. And he can be your saviour too, just like he's my saviour. And we need to thank Jesus for dying for our sins. We need to thank him for coming alive again so we can have new life. And when we decide to follow Jesus, we move from there to here. And God lives in our hearts. We were saying that, the children were saying that earlier on, weren't you? God can live in our hearts and always be with us and always helps us. And God makes us into brand new people. 
Bible says if anyone is in Christ, so if anyone belongs to Jesus, has asked Jesus for forgiveness, asked him into their hearts to make it clean, they are a new creation. The old has gone, so all that old sinful, dirty heart has gone, and the new has come. And that's what I want to ask you guys this morning. Are you ready to see Jesus for who he really is? As the Son of God, as your Savior, as the only way to be forgiven for your sins, as the only one who can bridge that gap between you and God. Are you ready to invite him into your heart and begin living a life for God? And like Zacchaeus in the story we've looked at this morning, are you ready to become a brand new creation? I pray that each one of you will. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for these children. I thank you that you love them. We thank you that you know them by name. But we thank you most of all for sending the Lord Jesus Christ who took their sins and nailed them to the cross. We ask that each child, each young person, each adult here this morning would take that step of inviting Jesus into their hearts, of asking for forgiveness of sins and of living lives that please you. We pray that this morning, like Zacchaeus, we would all meet with Jesus and be transformed into brand new people. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you.